What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Week 8 preview of the All-In Man Cave podcast. This is me, your host, Cole Haight. Wonderful day in eastern Pennsylvania today. Uh, Nice, solid fall day. Uh, We are starting to segment ourselves in the NFL. We're getting into the thick of things almost halfway through the season. The NFL trade deadline is this coming Tuesday, November 2nd. A lot of names uh, on the offense and the defensive side of the football as well that are big names that are on the trade block. Uh, We'll get to those as we get through the recap, or sorry, the preview games uh, for this week. But it's getting very interesting. This is the time of the year where teams and conferences and divisions at all levels start to to segment themselves and, and become... Uh, the the above average teams linked with the average teams and then also the below average teams and this year we have a lot of teams that are below average uh, a lot of st- a lot of teams also in the middle of the pack here so especially in the NFC right now we've got a lot of teams that are lumped in there at three wins three four two wins got a lot of teams there in the AFC they're kind of lumped at the top in terms of record wise. In, in multiple divisions. So we're going to start to see teams start to break away. The bye weeks are coming in. There's a lot of stuff happening, a lot of movement. Uh, we've got the whole Deshaun Watson situation. We've got the Washington football team getting investigated. We've got a lot of stuff going on for these football teams. So th- there's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of turmoil within the next 2 weeks uh, in the NFL, of course. However, uh, there's still going to be really good football going on in between. This is the best time of the year. If you're an NFL football fan, this is the best time of the year to start to see where these teams go, whether they start on the downfall or whether they start on the uprise. So let's hop straight in. We're going to start with the preview show with the Panthers at the Atlanta Falcons. Carolina right now is a very bad offensive football team. Now, their defense was ranked very good, especially at the beginning of the season. However, they've regressed a bit, giving up a lot of points last week to the New York football Giants. Offense looks atrocious. Now, Sam Darnold is basically the problem on offense. None of their playmakers had the opportunity to have any games because Sam Darnold has been so bad. So we have to basically see what he's going to give us in this football game especially if you're going to make bets on this so like I always do there's going to be bets after each each game but at the end uh, I told my buddy at work my co-worker my good friend Emmanuel Kidane I'm so sorry if I pronounced your name wrong but uh, everybody calls you Manny and I know you hate it so here's your shout out uh, but I will at the end of the show come up with uh, the final segment the final bet segment uh, named the Emmanuel Cadane Parlay. There you go. Your shout-out, it is going to be a five-leg parlay. And uh, at the end, you guys will find out what it is. But we'll go through each game like we normally do and get there. There's a div- This is a divisional game, the Panthers and the Falcons. Always a good game between the two. As far back as, uh, as soon as Cam Newton being there and as far back as when Jake DeLome was there. So it's always a good game. It's always close. So I made the mistake last week. I'm not going to make it this week. The pick is in. I am taking the Falcons with that high-powered offense. I think they continue to roll. Matt Ryan has a good game. They use Cordero Patterson as they've been doing. And we're going to take the Falcons minus three. And we're going to take the over of 46 and a half. Next on the list, the Rams are at the Texans. Another Rams game, another huge spread. 
It's unbelievable. Last week, they were not able to cover against the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions fight as a team is way more than the Texans fight as a team. Brandon Cooks came out with his comments. His uh, fellow teammate, Mark Ingram, was traded back to the New Orleans Saints. He had comments on Twitter about uh, this is expletive, expletive, expletive. So uh, he's upset. He wanted to be traded. He was one of those people on the trade block. There's other wide receivers, and and nobody really feels like they want to be in Houston right now. I don't blame them, considering their upper management, the owner. Everybody seems kind of sketchy, as as weird as I can put that. Uh, they all seem sketchy. The president, the owner, the head coach. They it, it it doesn't make any sense why he was why he was hired. The moves that they've been making, the whole Deshaun Watson situation, that team is in is in jeopardy of absolutely tanking right now, and I I don't blame them. They're gonna get a crap ton of picks when they eventually unload Deshaun Watson, which is going to happen at some point. Now, if it's gonna happen before the trade deadline, we'll see. But that team is absolutely in some sort of tilt a whirl right now. And everybody's been on a tilt a whirl. It is, it is, and they are in shambles. That it's, it's bad. It's bad. It's bad to see in the NFL a team struggle that much to not only gel as a team, but it seems like the players don't even want to play. And the struggles of their rookie quarterback Davis Mills does not help. Their defense is not stopping literally anyone. So it's, it's basically they've basically been a joke since the beginning of the season. Now the Rams struggled last week. Uh, to play well, even against the Lions. Now, like I already said, the Lions have 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 a lot of fight in them. Based on their defensive roster, they basically should not be able to contend in some of these games, but they are. Now, I made the mistake last week. Honestly, I would stay away from this game. If you're betting, I would stay away from it, but because I always do on the show, I do every single game, I will do it. I'm going to take the Rams minus the points. Now, you are laying 16, so the Rams minus 16 is crazy. I wouldn't recommend it if you guys out there want to take a shot. That is my opinion on what I think. I think the Rams score enough points where the Lions can, or with the where the Texans cannot ever have an opportunity to catch up, especially based on their defense. And I'm going to take the over of 46 and a half. It's just not enough points. I I, I can see the Ra- the uh, the Rams scoring at least 46 themselves. So it, uh, the over here is obviously the choice versus the spread, but I'll take the Rams minus 16 and the over of 46 and a half. Moving on, the Dolphins are at the Buffalo Bills. The Tua Tonga-Vailoa situation right now is a bit awkward, and for a good reason. Tua has made multiple comments that seem like he knows. He doesn't want to tell you what the real truth is. But a, a comment came out on his media day that he is required to be at, saying that he doesn't not feel appreciated. Uh, double negative means you're hesitating. Uh, I've learned that from a lot of things. A lot of a lot of very smart people have told me that when you use a double negative, your full thought isn't coming out. Therefore, the thought itself is hiding something. So, I, listen, if, if all of this stuff comes out and you cannot tell me that these players do not watch ESPN, they do not get these updates to their phone, everything is out there and they are literally able to access everything. You cannot tell me that your team being the head honcho 
of a team in the race for Deshaun Watson, every day, every day he is reminded that they are pursuing another quarterback and not him. That other quarterback does not currently play on the team, and it is not him. So you cannot tell me that he is not uncomfortable right now. They're going into Buffalo. The weather itself and the environment of that stadium is going to be a huge issue. They're looking at uh, low 50s as a high and a lot and a decent amount of rain as well. And Tua played at Alabama. He plays in Miami. He's definitely not one of those cold weather, bad weather quarterbacks, especially the way he he's been performing even in domes so far in his professional career. So there's no way that I can see him coming out and lighting it on fire. The one thing that I do think that the Dolphins have is they're going to be able to have that short pass game still be decently successful as well as the run game. Even without Malcolm Brown, it's not going to be a problem, I don't think, to that extent. Now, that doesn't mean I think the Dolphins are coming out, going to Buffalo and getting the win, but I think they're definitely going to cover. So I'm going to pick the Dolphins plus 14. Yes, the Bills are laying 14, and in a low-scoring game that I project based on the weather, I'm also going to take the under of 49. That is way too high. It's similar to what we talked about with the Thursday night football game last week with the Broncos and between the Broncos and the Browns. There's no way they were getting to that total. It's just it it it, it just didn't set up right. It didn't set up right. I don't think those that amount of points could possibly be scored here. Don't get me wrong, Bills win this game, but they win it by less than two touchdowns. Next on the list, the Steelers at the Browns. Upset alert, upset alert, upset alert, upset alert. Here we go. Come on, Big Ben. What do you got? What do you got left? Because so far this season, Big Ben has underperformed. Seems like his shoes are glued to the grass. He cannot move. He's been injured. He's getting older. Some players age differently than others. There's been multiple play. It was a flip-flop year. If you guys remember Peyton Manning, he was good. Then all of a sudden, he was not good. He had the neck issue, and it seemed like he couldn't move. They won the Super Bowl based on the not based solely on the defense. He did enough to win that Super Bowl with Denver. It's just I think Big Ben knows that it's over for him in terms of him being able to sustain this. And I know he took a pay cut to play for them. And I know I know that it's that they basically don't have another option with Mason Rudolph proving that he's not good enough to start and also Dwayne Haskins with all the issues he's had not only on the field but also off the field in terms of his attitude also. It just seems like this is a game that is going to go in the favor of the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're gonna Mike Tomlin's going to get the troops ready. He's going to bring in a game plan just to get this victory, and that's the way it's going to go. Baker Mayfield is starting with a fully torn labrum. I'm sorry, what? How can you possibly, as an organization, start your quarterback of the future with a fully torn labrum? Case Keenum went out last week against a very good defense in not so good in a not-so-good situation in terms of the weather and got you guys a, a W. Why would you start? It just doesn't make any sense. I know that it's all a win-now, win-now perspective right now for them, for the Cleveland Browns, but this is dangerous. His, his We've talked about it already, but I cannot stress enough. 
the rest of his career is in jeopardy based on the fact that he's playing with a torn labrum in multiple games. He could put some permanent damage into his sh- into his shoulder. It, it's it's not good. It, it's not good at all. And the, and the Steelers defense has had subpar games so far this season. I think they step it up big in this game, even going into Cleveland. The, the, the defense for the Pittsburgh Steelers is going to step up to the fact of where they were last year and not this year, and it's going to be a very good – it's going to be a very good football game. Now, Nick Chubb should come back. He should start in this football game, so that's a little bit, little bit more umph for Baker, a little bit less pressure on Baker to actually throw the ball on most downs. Uh, but the pick is in. I'm going with the Steelers plus three and a half. And honestly, I would go with the Pittsburgh Steelers money line in this game. I feel like Mike Tomlin comes out. He was very fiery uh, with that press conference of people saying that he was a, a potential candidate candidate for the for the USC job. He basically put all of that to sleep and very abrasively. So if you guys didn't see that, you, I suggest you watch it. It was magnificent the way he had that press conference about putting all of those rumors to bed. But I'm going with the Steelers plus three and a half, and I'm going with the over of 42. Now, it's not going to be way over 42, but I think that the Steelers score at least 20, at least 24 in this football game, and the Browns aren't going to be far behind. It's going to be a close game, maybe a field goal game. So if it's going to be a field goal game, I'm going to take three and a half, which is a half point more than a field goal. Next on the list, the Eagles are at the Detroit Lions. Jalen Hurts needs to prove himself. He's had a lot of subpar games. It doesn't seem like he's developing the way the Eagles would want him to develop. This is the type of stuff you see in college from a quarterback. This is the type of stuff you should have saw when you were drafting him. But he's not a pocket passer. And it seems like he's not accurate enough on the run. So if that's the case, you are now no longer a quarterback. If you can't sit in the pocket and make passes and you also can't throw on the run, you should not be a quarterback. And honestly, coming out, I thought that I thought that Jalen uh Jalen Hurts had the opportunity to come in as a different position. Almost like a turning him into a a Kenneth Gainwell like they currently have on that team. A little gadget guy, he can do he can do different types of things on the offensive side of the ball. Whether he lines up in the slot, lines up in the backfield, does the does the end arounds, does the double reverses, have an opportunity to return kicks, what have you. But it doesn't seem like he has the ability to be a good quarterback in this league. Now that's nothing against his character. I think he's a decent. I I, I know he's a decent human being. And I think that he's a solid football player. I just don't think that he's what the Eagles expected when they unloaded Carson Wentz and thought, oh, we have we have Jalen Hurts. We're good. Now, the Lions fight will continue in this game. They will absolutely continue to fight in this game. And I think that they get their first win. I would not I would not think twice about picking Lions money line in this game. Dan Campbell has been way better of a coach than we've expected him coming in we thought he'd be a joke he's good at the podium I know some of the stuff he says is weird most of it is motivational uh, and most of it is just him he's being 100% all the time he's being 100% him and not not being somebody that he's not versus the media whenever he's in a media setting now two things I want to bring up real quick the defensive stars on the Eagles that have made a huge impact are on the trade block be via Derek Barnett and Fletcher Cox. 
I've heard rumors about both of them being on the trade block. And honestly, the way the Eagles are going now, they've already unloaded a decent amount of players that they had on the team last year. Nick Sirianni, new coach. I see it being an unloads fest. Uh, they're going to unload all these major contracts and try and do a minor rebuild. They're not going to unload all of these players, but they're going to unload a decent amount. So keep an eye on that because they might be able to be moved to teams that may be in, a sh- may be in uh, shambles in terms of where they play, in terms of what team they're going to, whether it be the Chiefs picking up defensive players they need or possibly the Ravens picking up defensive players they that might be able to plug and play. So just keep an eye on those two players because they would have a major impact if they were not on the Eagles and on another team. So I'm going with the Lions for my pick. The Lions plus three and a half, and I'm going with the under of 48 and a half. I don't see either of these offenses putting up decent amount of numbers. So 48 and a half is a bit high for me, so I'm going with the under. The Bengals are at the New York Jets. Cincinnati, do they play down to their opponent? And is there possibly a hangover from their big win against the Ravens? We haven't seen a lot of negativity from the Cincinnati Bengals, especially since they've been on this run they've been on. I don't know and I don't think that the Jets team itself is as good as they played last week against the Patriots, gave up 54 to Mac Jones and that rushing attack, as well as two touchdowns to him through the air. So I don't think the Jets' defense is as bad as they played last week. I think they lost their their quarterback, their leader, in the, in the second quarter due to injury in Zach Wilson. And I think that that team all of a sudden lost it and the wheels fell off. I don't think they played this bad this week, even though the Jets themselves as a team are bad. And, and, Bur- and Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase cannot keep this up. It is an ungodly pace that they're on right now. Joe Burrow's been throwing for consistently throwing for over 300 yards and protecting the football with no turnovers. It just seems like a game that they're going to play down to the Jets a bit, a bit more than people expect. Now, one of these types of games for them already, they went into the Lions, they beat the crap out of them, beat them by 23. Not a lot of teams have done that this year against the Lions. Their fight is good, but a fight only lasts so long if your skill players aren't as skilled as the other team. So I think the Jets do enough to cover here. So we're going to go with my pick, the Jets plus 11. Uh, I see it being 10 max. It might be, it should be less based on what I'm seeing. And I'm going to go with the over of 42.5, 40, over 42 and a half in this game. The Jets are going to keep it closer than people think. And I've been burned on a lot of big spreads, but I feel like I'm on the right side of this one. Next on the list, the Titans are at the Colts. Both teams trying to stay hot in this game. Tennessee coming off a big win against Kansas City and the Colts coming off the monsoon game against the 49ers. Colts started off 0-4, won their last three. Very impressive for the Colts. The thing that I look at the most is look at the quarterback comparison. If you're trusting one player to have the arm strength and to be to sit there in the pocket in the shotgun, who are you taking? You have to take Carson Wentz. Even with his bad play last year, Ryan Tannehill hasn't been able to prove himself in a shotgun since maybe his early years in Miami. He He's based off of that 
play action based on Derrick Henry. I think that the Colts secondary is going to be a problem for their play action. Now, can they start stop Derrick Henry? And on the flip side, can the can the Titans stop Jonathan Taylor? There's going to be a lot of Derrick Henry and and Jonathan Taylor in this game. There is going to be a lot of rushes. I would say between the two, probably close to 60 touches, 60 touches overall, over 30 touches for each for each running back in this game. They're not going to find much. Carson Wentz is down a lot of players that he trusts to throw the ball to. Uh, he still has his tight ends, but that's about it. Everybody else is kind of dinged up except for Mike Pittman Jr. And then on the on the flip side, the Titans, you have A.J. Brown performing at a high level based on the last few games, but Julio Jones has been non-existent, non-existent this season. Me and my buddy talked about him. He was like, who do, you, who do I start in fantasy, fantasy this week, Julio Jones or, and I said, stop right there. The or. It, it, he's had one long catch, one, and that catch went off of a defender's helmet, and he caught it after it went in the air 15 feet. Julio Jones has, has been a joke this year in terms of his production. It's probably one of the takes that I regret the most. If you guys have been listening since the divisional recaps before the season started, I said that Julio had a good shot of having 1,200 yards receiving and 10 touchdowns. There is no chance in hell that happens. No chance in hell. And based on Tennessee's defense last week holding the Chiefs to three, I benefit uh, or blame, I guess I should say, the Chiefs' offense more than the Tennessee defense as to why that happened. Chiefs were out of sync. And every defense has a stinker but the opposite. So every, every year there's one game that each team has, whether it be on the offensive side or the defensive side, whichever side is struggling and is like bottom five, they outperform anything that they were projected to get. And that was Tennessee last week on defense. So I don't project that being a situation that happens this week. Now, because there's going to be a lot of running in this game, I don't think that there's going to be a lot of drives, but I think the drives end up successful. So my pick is in. I'm going with the Colts minus three. I think it's closer to five or seven, honestly. And I'm going to go with the under just based on the fact of you, you run the ball more, more time comes off the clock. So if that's the case, I'm going with the under. The under is 51. I don't see it being a 26 to 25 game. I see it being lower than that. So I'm going with the under. Next on my list, the 49ers are at the Bears. Justin Fields is the worst quarterback in terms of passer ratings for every starting quarterback this season. It's bad. He leads the league in sacks taken, and he has missed almost two full games uh, through the first seven weeks. So that is a, a telltale sign of A, your quarterback is out of sorts, and B, your offensive line is terrible. And it is a combination of both. That is basically what it is definitely a combination of both. The offensive line for the Bears is horrific, which is why I'm so confused as how they're able to run the ball. But the, when when there's a run play called, the offensive line makes a block. But when it's a pass game, a pass play, they don't they forget how to do it. It's just confusing to me. I don't I don't really get it. It's a season defining game for Kyle Shanahan. The 49ers had high hopes this season. And it's been a struggle so far. Their next two games are against Arizona and the L.A. Rams. So if that's the case, you need to go into Chicago and take care of business. There is no reason. Kyle Shanahan might become close to the hot seat. Now, Jimmy G is already on it. 
And whether they start Jimmy G, start Trey Lance, it's undetermined as to what their plan is. Kyle Shanahan seems like he's leaning towards Jimmy G always, yet Trey Lance is probably good from that knee sprain he got a few weeks ago. So we're going to keep an eye on that. But another big name that's on the Trey block, but on the opposite side, is Allen Robinson, who is extremely upset And based on his comments via the media and via Twitter, it seems like he's leaning towards blaming the coaching staff, which I don't blame him for because I'm not a huge Matt Nagy fan. But um, Ryan Pace is as much of a joke as he is. So Matt Nagy, great coach, who was a great coach, then became a head coach and just it seemed like the wheels fell off. They don't know what they're doing. Their offensive play calls are sketchy. I don't get how you can support Andy Dalton and then all of a sudden not support him. I just, I don't get it. I don't get their decisions. They don't make much of sense. That gets me to my pick of the 49ers minus four. The over, over under is 39 and a half. You guys know my rule. I've said it multiple times, 42 and under, I always go over and 58 and over. I always go under. So, to keep this legit and to not go against what I've told you guys in the past, I'm going with the over of 39 and a half. So that's 49ers minus four and the over of 39 and a half. Next game on the slot. Patriots are at the LA Chargers. LA Chargers always dinged for their participation of fans in their own stadium. I remember I think it was two years ago, we went in with Kirk Cousins and there was way more purple than there was any type of blue. So there are probably going to be a lot of Patriots fans that 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 travel to this game. Let's see what Mac Jones looks like against an above-average defense. They have a lot of playmakers on that defense. In the secondary, Derwin James at the linebacker position and Joey Bosa in the, in the front, the front end. So... Let's see how that goes, but I think that the Patriots are going to struggle to run, and that's been their key opportunity for success in their wins so far this season. When they're able to run the football with Damian Harris and company, they're able to get Mac Jones the throws that he is allowed to make in quotation marks. I'll explain that a little more. I think Bill Belichick is kind of handcuffing Mac Jones from making bad decisions therefore the play calls are very 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 not risky if that that makes that's probably the not the best word to use but it, they're just not risky he's very content with dropping the ball off and i think that those linebackers with their speed as well as how good the defensive line is is going to limit that so i just i just don't see how the patriots don't get ahead in this game unless Mac Jones is able to unleash and try and throw the ball downfield. And against the secondary of the Chargers, it's going to be difficult. Now, the one thing you you can say about the Chargers, they had that bad loss to the Ravens and then went on a bye week. If they sulked in that, it's going to be a problem. They're going to come out flat. I don't think that's the, the case. Uh, it's always bad, even if you're just a fan, not to mention I've, I'm not a player, nor have I ever been in the NFL, so I don't know what it's like to get destroyed, then go on a bye week, think about it, and come back. But I feel like the Chargers are going to be in a good spot. They got more healthy over the bye week. They had a few 
people that were dinged up a bit got an extra week to recover. I think they come out strong in this game, which leads me to my pick of the Chargers minus four. Uh, but I'm going to go with the under of 49 and a half. Bill Belichick always has something up his sleeve to take away a target or your main his your main asset, which is his main issue, he always finds a way to somewhat take that away. So I don't see them getting close to 50 in this. I think it's a lower scoring game than people think. So that's why I'm going with the under here. Next on the list, the Jaguars are at the Seahawks. Can we just take the next 45 seconds and talk about how bad Geno Smith is? He scored on the second play of the game on Monday Night Football and did absolutely nothing after that. Absolutely nothing. Geno Smith is not a good player. Now, not often do I come on a podcast and absolutely destroy players, but you got to have a better backup than Geno Smith. And and one of the things for Geno when he was younger was he could escape and get out of the pocket and run for first downs. He can't even do that anymore, or he's not even willing to do it. So it's it's not so much that I don't believe in the Seahawks. It's that it's the reason is I just don't believe in Geno Smith. They're dinged up at the running back position still. DK Metcalf is all over the media for things that you shouldn't be all over the media for. He's hitting up OnlyFans chicks. He's trying to meet him at their house. It's just a joke. Tyler Lockett has still not become 100%. It just seems like that team is in a downward spiral, similar to their cohort in the NFC West in the 49ers, where they had big expectations. The 49ers have been dinged up at quarterback. Russell Wilson isn't supposed to come back till week 10. So they're going to have to deal with Geno for the next three weeks. So it, it just seems like there's not a way for them to win football games that isn't close. Like there's no way they're blowing teams out. Not with Geno. It's not, it's not possible. It's not possible. And honestly, the ja- I think the Jacksonville Jaguars, two playmakers that I love in LaVisca Chenault, and James Robinson, not to mention Marvin Jones, who wasn't even on this list. But Marvin Jones as well. I think Trevor Lawrence took a lot of positivity in that London game and took it away. He played well in that game. They had a bye week. They got they got time to, to reconfigure some stuff that they might be able to get done. And I think it pays off. I think it pays off. I think um, Trevor Lawrence plays a lot better than he did in the first five weeks and more like he did in the last two before the bye week. So that leads me to my pick that is in. I'm going with the Jags plus four here. I see if the Jags lose, they're only losing by a field goal uh, and they have the opportunity to come back if they're down early. And I'm going to go with the over of 44 and a half. I think that that Lawrence can, can torch this defense who is extremely overrated. The Seahawks defense is completely overrated, which is why I got to go with the over of 44 and a half. Next on the list, the Bucks are at the Saints. This is one of those in quotation marks games. Another another divisional game that's always close except for when Tom Brady gets blown out like he did last season. It was the COVID season. It was early in the in the Bucks season. They didn't look amazing through the first 10 weeks they cooked up at the end of the season and kept that moving through the playoffs but I think the New Orleans defense is enough to give the Bucks a bit of a problem they're still a little dinged up for playmakers their secondary is still a joke now the thing is you're playing against Jameis Winston who I guess is in a revenge game so like what 
what to expect from Jameis Winston in a revenge game. If his actions in a revenge game are anything like his play at when he was on the Bucks, it's going to be bad. Because he was making all sorts of he was taking all sorts of chances. He threw more than 30 interceptions in a season. I feel like that is the opportunity to happen again. Now, I don't think it's going to be a blowout by the Bucks under any circumstances. But Gronk comes back He from lung injuries. He had lung and rib injuries. He's coming back to play in this football game. I don't expect Tom Brady to go there often knowing that he's not 100%, yet he will still play. The, the, the defense for the New Orleans Saints is stout. Like They're good. Uh, they're good at all levels. Marcus Lattimore fell on the DK Metcalf 82, 80, sorry, 84-yard touchdown pass from Geno Smith last week on the second play of the game. He slipped up. Uh, that play would have went for only 15. It ended up going to the house. So Marcus Lattimore is going to be there. They have solid. In, they have everybody else solid in the back end. Uh, they got Demario Davis playing in the middle, and they, and they got Cam Jordan up front. It's they're solid on defense. So this game is not getting anywhere near the total. So the pick is in. I'm going with the Bucks minus four and a half. Now, I think at most it gets to 10, but I definitely think they win by at least five. So it's going to be like a touchdown game. Uh, but Brady comes on comes off on top again. Sorry, comes out on top again. Uh, so the Bucks minus four and a half and under 50 and a half. Next on the list, the Washington football team at the Broncos. This probably the least enjoyable game of the weekend. Uh, going to be a lot of defense, not a lot of offense. Uh, does Denver get off the schneid? They've lost a, l- a lot of games in a row. Started off 3-0. and They're now 3-4. and So uh, is Teddy going to be enough in this football game? Both defenses have played better re- as of recently. Uh, and Taylor Heineke has struggled to throw the ball. Teddy didn't look good on Thursday night football against the Browns. Granted, probably most of that was the weather. However... I just think that this game's going to be back and forth. Uh, Washington gets a field goal, Denver gets a field goal. Washington gets a touchdown, Denver gets a touchdown. So once again, like I've said multiple times, if you're going to give me three and a half, I'm going to take it if I think it's a field goal game. So keep your eyes in fantasy on the stat uh, on the status of Antonio Gibson and scary Terry McLaurin as well as Jerry Judy, who may or may not make his return this week. Keep your eye on him for anybody who has him in fantasy. Uh, if Jerry Judy is starting and is back in the game, I would start him. Uh, he's a big playmaker, similar to a Scary Terry McLaurin as well. But keep your eyes on those three as big impact fantasy players in this football game. But I'm going with the Washington football team, plus three and a half. And I'm going to go with the under of 45. I don't think this game gets anywhere near the 20s for each team. I think this is probably the lowest scoring game of the week. Next, we skip over the Sunday night game because I always, as usual, do the Vikings game last. So we go right to Monday night football and the Chiefs being at home against the Giants. Let's go, Chiefs. I, I, I It's not good football to watch Patrick Mahomes struggle. The team is better than the way they're playing. They've lost all their losses. All four of them have been the playoff contenders. The team's been on a extreme downturn for the first seven weeks. I don't think that, that t- the Chiefs team is that bad. The, their defense is bad, but their defense was bad in 2018, and they got to the AFC Championship game. So I, I don't think – I think people are overreacting based on the way that where the Chiefs are right now. I think Andy Reid, 
talks to this football team, gets them in the mindset, and these players start to perform the way they know to perform. If the Chiefs have some of these Patrick Mahomes interceptions and they have them back where they don't bobble the football, it doesn't get tipped in the air, uh, they make a catch that went off their fingertips, he doesn't have as many turnovers, they win more football games, it's it's going to be a bounce back from both sides of the ball. I think Spag, Steve Spagnolo, I've never been a fan. I've never been a fan of him. Yes, he has two Super Bowls. Yes, he has the ability to have a good defense if he has the playmakers he needs. But your job as the coach is to develop these players. And I think he finally puts the time in this week, and he's currently probably doing it now, to develop the bad parts of all of these players. Their team's not good in terms of sacks. They're going to get some sacks in this game against Daniel Jones. They don't produce a lot of turnovers based on the first half of the season this year. They're going to get some turnovers in this game based on Daniel Jones as a player, as well as fumbles as well, maybe coming from the Honey Badger. And the Giants' injuries are just a joke. Everybody on the Giants seems like they're hurt every week. The injury report is unclear. Kenny Galladay's dinged up. Sterling Shepard's dinged up. Evan Ingram, possibly on the trade block, hasn't practiced all week. Could be dealt before Tuesday. Saquon Barkley, still not playing. The high ankle sprain, he's been out for three weeks. It's it's just a problem. And their defense has tried to help them stay in games. They played Carolina last week. The Chiefs are not Carolina. So I, I'm going with the Chiefs big here. I think it's going to be 20. I think they win by 20. I don't even think it's close. Uh, but don't doubt the Chiefs defense ever in giving up points. And even that, garbage time points. So I'm going to go with the Chiefs minus 9.5. I think the Chiefs win by at least 10 here. They have a huge bounce back game. All Chiefs fans out there. Pump the brakes. You got a lot of hard games coming up, but pump the brakes. You're going to get a win here. And I'm going with the over of 52. Still, last week destroyed me. The Chiefs under hit. Uh, It's not going to do it this week. It's not going to happen. I'm going over 52. And last game on the slate, as always, my Minnesota Vikings at home on Halloween night with the costume party everywhere in the stadium at home against the Dallas Cowboys. You guys know I'm not a huge Cowboys fan. Not going to be biased in this review of the game, but you know that I'm not a huge Cowboys fan. Uh, the Cowboys injuries are a problem, and and this is why the game went from the Vikings plus points. Uh, I believe it opened up last week at the Vikings plus two and a half, and now is at the Vikings minus three. So very interestingly enough, I did not know that these three players were that dinged up. So... The injuries right now that are concerning is Tyron Smith starting tackle, questionable to play. Trayvon Diggs leading the league in interceptions with seven, possibly eight, to be honest with you. It's either seven or eight. Don't quote me on either of those numbers, but he's leading the league in interceptions with a lot. He's had an interception in every game so far this season. He's questionable as well with what I believe is a lower leg injury. Don't know if it's a foot, heel, ankle calf I know it's a lower leg injury and then same with Dak Prescott who's also questionable with the calf as well on the same leg that he had the reconstruction surgery uh, with the fractured ankle so that would be why the Vikings are now currently minus three do not be surprised within now to the game Sunday night if it goes up more than that 
but that's insane. And and what we really need to look at is is both of the defenses. So regardless of the, if Dak plays, he's going to have success. Dak's a very good quarterback, very mobile, has a lot of weapons on offense. Like I'm not taking anything away from the Cowboys in this football game, but how are the Vikings going to respond on defense? Now, the last few games against the Cowboys have been close. The Vikings have I lost the last two, I believe. We were ahead. It made big plays on defense, yet gave up a lot of yards. That is the way this football game is going to go. Uh, it's it's just the way it is. I think Kirk stays hot. He's been hot. I don't think besides Trayvon Diggs that the Cowboys have anything worth anything in the secondary. So Trayvon can't cover Thielen and Jefferson. So And then we also have Tyler Conklin and K.J. Osborne who are going to be big targets in this football game as well. Uh, but Kirk's going to stay hot. This game is going to be close. Now... You could you could think all you want that the Cowboys are going to be able to run all over our defense, who is absolutely bottom five in terms of yards per rush in the league. I think that they step up in this game. They're at home on in prime time for the first time since COVID, the before the COVID year, since the, before 2020. So I think the Vikings come out completely charged in this game. However. My pick is in. I know Vikings football. I've watched it my whole life. I am not taking the Vikings minus three in this. I got to take the Cowboys plus three. There's no way. If the Vikings win, they're winning by a field goal or less in this football game, but they're going to keep it close at home. And I got to go with the over. I don't trust either defense. The Vikings are missing Patrick Peterson. Uh, Brashad Breeland's going to be making a start. Cam Danzler's going to be making a start at cornerback. It's going to be a little rough, especially at the beginning of the football game. I think we go down early, but I got to go with the over of 52 and a half. There is no possible way that we don't give up a decent amount of points. Now, the only way that this game goes under is if the Cowboys get up big and the Vikings can't figure it out, which is very possible, very possible. So keep that in mind. For you guys out there, now more confident in the over of 52.5 than I am with the Cowboys plus three. However, uh, both are not bad options. Uh, with Dak, if Dak plays in this game, I, I cannot take the Vikings minus three. I just can't. I physically cannot. All right. Shout out to Emmanuel Cadane again with the shout out. The the Amani. The Amani, ooh, that's a new nickname for you. The Amani Kadane Parlay, the five-leg parlay from everything we just went over. I'm going with these five games for the parlay. It is a 24 to 1 odds. It's 24 to 1 odds for this, for these five combined on DraftKings. If you guys want to take advantage of that, that means that $5 wins you $120. So putting five bucks out went over 100. Seems like a, a good idea. For these five games here, and you got to combine them and parlay them. So first, we're going to go with the Steelers plus three and a half. Like I mentioned before, I expect them to win straight up, which is why if you're going to, I don't need the three and a half, but I'm going to take it. So if you're going to give it to me, I'm taking free stuff. If it's free, it's for me. So the Steelers plus three and a half. Browns are too dinged up. Not going to happen for them this week. Uh, And Baker is going to get hurt again in a football game. Next on the list, the 49ers Bears over of 39 and a half. You guys know my rule, under 42, always going with the over. 
I think that the Bears defense is a little inflated, uh, as well as the 49ers right now with how bad their 49ers secondary is. So I think that the offenses get aren't getting enough credit as they should get, which is why I got to hammer the over of 39 and a half as well in the parlay. Third option in the parlay, third leg, is the Eagles-Lions under. I do not trust Jalen Hurts. I do not like Jalen Hurts. I don't think that there's going to be a lot of points scored in this football game. I think that the fight on the Lions is more fight on defense than on offense. So I think that this game is going to be in the 20s, but the low 20s, which is why I got to hammer the under of 48.5. Fourth leg of the parlay, Tom Brady. Got to go with him on this. Got to go with Tom Brady. Uh, Bucks minus four and a half. Got to hammer it. I don't think Jameis Winston goes back into Tampa Bay and lights them on fire. I don't see that happening. And he's kind of handcuffed based on Sean Payton's play calling. He did not look good against a very subpar defense in the Seattle Seahawks last week. Uh, their last game, I guess you should say. Uh, only scoring 13 points. Uh, but their defense only giving up 10. So that's why... I got to go with the Bucks minus four and a half here. Like I said before, divisional game, it's going to be a lot closer than people think. But I still think that the Bucks win by 10. I still think they win by 10. So if it's going to be minus four and a half, I got to hammer it. And to round it out for the Emmanuel Cadane parlay on DraftKings, the fifth leg is the Bengals Jets over of 42 and a half. I can see this going one of two ways, both of them benefiting me. I think that the Jets get close enough uh, based on me picking them plus 11, but I can also see on, on a more percentage basis, I can see the, the Bengals scoring at least 40, which means the Jets only need a field goal to cover. So I got to go with the over here. Both situations work for my bets. So, or not, well, I guess one makes sense for my bets and the other one is close. So I got to hammer the Bengals and the Jets over a 42 and a half that rounds out the parlay uh, $5 placed by me at 24 to 1 odds a little over that uh, brings me in a little over $120 uh, feel free to do that I know it's a little a little ridiculous to try and make I don't know if there's 12 games on a slate you got the over-unders plus the the spreads that's a 24 leg parlay you're maxed out at 20 on DraftKings. I don't know if that's the same on all other betting platforms, so I figure to go through and pick my best five for basically my best bets and to throw them in a parlay to try and make some money for you guys. Uh, but that rounds out the preview podcast for week eight. Good luck to all you guys out there, whether you be Eagles fans, Chargers fans, Bucks fans, whatever. Uh, good luck to all of you guys for the teams. We're going to go over a lot of trade deadline things that are going to break probably early next week. So as per the usual, we will have the recap for week eight on Monday to go along with the Monday night football picks uh, for the Chiefs and the Giants uh, player props and maybe some spread, maybe some game lines. Depends on what I what I like, but I'll give you my best four picks for the Monday night football game on the Monday night show. So I hope you guys listen uh, before the game starts because the podcast should be uploaded by about 5 p.m. Uh, on Monday, and that's Eastern Standard Time for everybody who may or may not live in Texas or California. But all right, guys, once again, thank you so much. Uh, if you could throw a like, throw a share, throw a throw a comment, maybe a review, 
Uh, maybe rate me five stars on Apple or Google Podcasts. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, we're getting into the grind, guys. It's uh, about halfway through the season. We're, we're, we're rolling. So pretty soon we're going to meet some fates of some teams. I'm going to come out with some new segments as we get to some of these, uh, some of these, uh, I guess, forks in the road for some of these football teams. So like I did last podcast with the risers and fallers, we're going to have some similar ones uh, coming out for segments. Got some good stuff coming. So uh, tell your friends, tell your coworkers, anybody to support the All In Man Cave podcast. I once again really appreciate it. Let's go Vikings. Sorry to all the Cowboys fans out there. But uh, everybody enjoy the rest of your week. Uh, If you're in Pennsylvania, it's going to rain a lot this weekend. So stay inside, stay safe. For everybody else out there, have a wonderful rest of your week and weekend. And I will see you guys or talk to you guys on Monday. So until Monday, peace.